Welcome to the Marie Manucherry podcast. Over the last 30 years, it has been my joy to assist humanity in aligning with their magnificence so they may heal, discover their natural gifts, and communicate with loved ones living on the other side. May you also experience delight while we dance in the powerful, intuitive world of energy. Let's get going. Welcome to the Brain Magnetary Podcast. If you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you like it. And if you're returning again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I hope you're having fun. I am. And together we're making amazing energy. Wonderful for the world and ourselves. On my last podcast, I said that I would share a story related to someone who left a voicemail. And if you want to leave a voicemail, you can go to energyintuitive.com or mariemanucherry.com and click on the podcast page. There's a little descriptor about how to leave the voicemail and you just record it through your computer. It's amazing. It sounds like you're in the studio with me, which I love. So you can leave a question and I will answer it on a future podcast. So someone called in and had just lost both of their parents and she wanted a a medium, a medium connection, mostly with her dad. And she was very upset, this caller, that her dad was in pain. This caller was a nurse and she had promised her father he wouldn't be in pain towards the end of his life. And she, through her voicemail, it was clear that that's not what he experienced, so she thought, or what she experienced through witnessing it. And if you've ever worked in a hospital and you've worked with people dying, dying is like a labor. So when people give birth, it hurts. It really does hurt. Of course, all my deliveries were natural. So I, we go fast in our family. So if you don't get to the hospital soon enough, forget the epidural, at least back in the day when um, I was a young, you know, pregnant mom. Uh, my daughters uh, have made, you know, some have made choices like me and others have used uh, medication to move through it. And I always told my kids, it doesn't matter how a healthy mommy and baby appear, just that it happens. That's all that needs to happen. So when you think about death, leaving the body, and it's your energy that's leaving the body and moving to the other side or beyond the veil to the fifth dimension, the heavens, whatever language you want to use so that you can continue your evolutionary process and your process of having fun and experiences in other dimensions. But it's like labor and labor is weird. It's uncomfortable. They're never the same. If you have more than one child, you're not going to experience the same thing. Death is like that. It's weird. It's different for everyone. I personally believe that how people live is how they die. So someone may have been very nice to the rest of the world, but inside, if they were tormented, they're going to have more of a challenging death. People who have really easy passings, most of them, um, had positive feelings inside their body and looked at the world from a positive perspective. At least those are my perceptions based on being at the bedside of many people who have left earth during my lifetime and talking to people on the other side, of course. But in saying all of that, there's also another weird component to the death and dying process that in that process, Even if the body is moaning and screaming and acting out or fitful, just like when women are in labor and they're having discomfort, they're fitful. They're 
tossing and turning. They might be screaming and yelling, throwing things across the room. I mean, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't know what's going to happen. So even though a person who's leaving their body is having these reactions, it doesn't mean that that's their experience. I'm going to say that again. Regardless of how a person is acting during their time of passing, which could be weeks or months, sometimes it could take a long time for someone to leave their body. It doesn't mean that what they are showing us, the people around them, the medical staff or their family and friends, that doesn't mean that that's exactly what's happening to them. Because many times as people are dying, their energy is outside of their body already. It's not even in their physical form. They could have just a small amount of energy. Years ago, my sister, the only uh, other female in my sibling group, she was in a hospital dying. She's alive and well, but this was years ago. She had four very young children and she had been, she was very religious at the time. She had been on a mission to Africa to convert people to Christian faith. She's no longer um, in that belief system. And she, she got very sick. It, she got home and she literally, all of her organs went into organ shutdown. And her then husband, the father of her children, he, he is still religious, but he did, he called me and said, don't work on her. We don't want it. You know, to them, it was an evil thing or a scary thing. And I'm one of those people I'm compliant. I actually go, okay, sure. Okay. But I did cheat a little, I didn't move energy, but I peeked on her and, and she was in organ shutdown. I mean, she was in the critical care unit. She was dying basically is what the hospital staff said. And when I looked at my sister's physical body, only one of her feet, the right foot, and the tips of some of her toes on that foot had her original energy. Everything was outside of her, almost like a carbon copy, like a silhouette of her physical form was right adjacent to her, which was all of her energy. By some grace of creation, she recovered. I found out later that my mom and my brother, because our whole family believes in energy and awareness and consciousness and holistic health, worked on her. <laughs> so they didn't listen to um, my ex-brother-in-law. They, they did the dirty deed, you know, but whatever it was, whatever it was, obviously it wasn't my sister's time to leave the planet because it really doesn't matter when it's someone's time to leave. It doesn't matter what we do. They will cross because that's what the soul wants and the soul's in charge. So I explained that all to you because when I was a nurse in the hospital, before I knew I was an intuitive and I began to have magical experiences, even in the beginning of my career, before I entered the hospital, which I entered the hospital several years after my first few years working as a nurse. And I was working in a facility where um, it was a retirement center and people who lived in condos or apartments that were connected to the facility that I lived in, if they had a hospital emergency, they would go out to the hospital or their doctor's offices. And if they needed rehab type care, they would come to the facility that was connected to this huge retirement system. And this woman had had a stroke. I had never met her before. She had never been on our unit and she went out to the hospital and they determined that she was actually dying, that she was I don't know, brain dead. I, they didn't use those terms, but not enough of her brain was functioning, which when I'm thinking about that now and the story I'm about to tell you even is more, wow. 
that's the lovely thing about consciousness. It just continues to expand, you know, so being present is crucial. So I was this woman's nurse um, in the evening. I worked evening shift. I was a charge nurse at the facility and she was not awake. None of us had ever spoken to her. She was not on a respirator. She was just on regular oxygen through her nose. And her son had flown in from New York. He was staying in her apartment. And during the day when he visited her, he had told the staff how distressed he was because she was moaning the whole time. And she was, she was moaning, you know, moaning out loud. And he was concerned that she was in pain. And we had told him, we didn't think she was, but we, we didn't know for sure. Her blood pressure and her respirations were normal. And we did have her on morphine. We couldn't give her too much morphine because the morphine would make her potentially leave her body sooner because morphine slows down respirations. So it's one of those weird things where, you know, you, you want to make sure that someone's out of pain, but you can't give them too much because then you'll kill them. And there's laws about that. <laughs> you know, so, so we were pretty confident she wasn't in pain, but we didn't know. And I happened to be, you know, passing her room one evening. He wasn't there. I'd never met him because I worked the evening shift and he left and went to the apartment in the evening. And as I looked across her room and she was in a private room, so it was a quite a large room. As I looked across, I couldn't see her chest rise or fall. And I thought, oh, you know, she probably passed away alone, which was one of my rules. Nobody leaves their body alone. Even if you don't know them, you sit at their bedside and hold their hand or tell them how amazing they are as their energy is crossing over. So I, I walked into the room. I sat on the edge of her bed. I put the earbuds in my ear for my stethoscope and leaned over to listen to her breast sounds and her heart. And she woke up. I had been hanging out with this woman for almost a week in the evening. She had never shown any signs of alertness to anyone. She woke up straight in bed, kissed me, hugged me, told me that she loved me and told me that she was happy. She was with her sister, her mother and her husband. She was probably in her eighties and that she was having a wonderful time made again, direct eye contact with me, kissed me again, hugged me, went back to sleep, never woke up again. Uh, she, I think died a day or two later, but right after that interaction, which I charted the whole thing, it's one of the things I loved about nursing as I grew in my consciousness and would have extraordinary experiences, I would chart them down and, um, Everybody seemed to be okay with it. I called her son who was in her apartment and told him what happened. And he was so grateful because then he knew that his mother wasn't in pain. He was shocked too. When I came back to work the next day, the day charge nurse wanted to know if I had been smoking pot or if I was stoned. I assured her I hadn't smoked pot since high school. And I was a mother of three by that point. I was in my 30s, so I hadn't smoked. I still haven't smoked pot since high school. Um... Yeah. So that was my story. I hope it brings peace to anyone who has been at the bedside of someone moaning or crying out in pain or thrashing around or having a hard time, even though they may have been well medicated. It doesn't mean that they were actually in pain. Their bodies having a reaction based on what our logical mind says that we should be doing. And that's why they're having the reaction. Okay. Now I'm going to go to our voicemails that my assistants put into this thing here. So we can start listening to the questions and I can begin answering them. All right, here we go. Hello, Marie. 
My name is Cynthia Reed. I live in Springfield, Ohio. I just saw you on Next Level Soul podcast, and you are so amazing. Um, I experienced things when I was a child of knowing things, and I've seen energies before, and I felt them. I had them frighten me. I kind of shut things down when I was younger, but I feel like I can heal someone or help heal them by putting, laying my hands on them. And I'm trying to figure that out, how to do that. And maybe I can find out by meditating how that will come about. Okay. I think that's Cynthia's question. Great. Great question. And Cynthia, that happens to a lot of people because children are so fresh from God or creation or source, the universe, so incredibly fresh. They do remember these unique connections that we have between ourselves and the multisensory world. And yes, when you act frightened, the universe pulls back. So for everyone who's listening to the podcast, if you want to have multisensory experiences and you notice that you have some anxiety about it or some worry or some fear, or that when they start to happen, your body starts to go into some autonomic response, like a little bit of fight or flight or anxiety. All you have to do is find the most sacred place for you in your home, or if you have a lovely garden or a favorite place in the woods and speak out loud. And this is what I want you to say. Say, I know that things are starting to happen and my multisensory ability is expanding. And I know I'm scared, but I want you to know, I don't care how my body's responding. I absolutely want to have these experiences. So if you start to say, say that, then the universe won't pull back because once they feel the anxiety and the fear from the human, unless they've been clear in their communication, they'll pull back because they don't want to add anxiety to the human. Okay. So yay, Cynthia, that you want to do healing work. And you're right. We are facilitators. We provide opportunities. Even though I consider myself a healer, I give all of my clients and students the credit of healing themselves because they have, and I'm incredibly proud of them. So in saying all of that, you could study a modality if you want to learn how to work along the body or just have a rule because to me, energy work is like a dance. And once you feel comfortable in how to move about the body, then you can kind of dance in your own free flow, free styling way. So maybe take a class, maybe study some modalities or research them and see which ones make you happy. You always want to follow your joy. That's exactly what you want to do. Joy is the yellow brick road to everything, which goes against humanity's limited logical belief system, but that is the truth for everyone. So I'm excited for you. I think you have the talent and the ability, and I think people will be very fortunate for you to um, dive into this wonderful way that we add energy and awareness and consciousness to others. Because what makes people heal is really a change in perception. And when our energy moves, our mind shuts down our perceptions crystallize and new formations that are freeing and liberating and allow us to take a new energy that transform our body, our wealth, our relationships, our work encounters, you know, just everything shifts because everything's really energy. And, um, I would get rid of the words like how, where, when, or why, 
just feel that you have a very successful energy practice and the perfect people come into your life and you're able to help them with ease and joy and it feeds you as well. Just feel that every single day, for even five minutes a day, one to five minutes a day feels something like that. That would be you manifesting. You don't have to know what needs to happen. You want to let the universe come and show you and surprise you and delight you and tickle you and guide you. That's how we manifest, at least in my opinion. Okay, thank you. I'm going to go on to the next person. Hello, Marie. Uh, my name is Suzanne Hale, and I'm calling from uh, North Gore, Ontario, Canada. I just heard you today on the One Soul podcast, and your warmth and uh, integration just came through so beautifully. So I just wanted to say thank you. And my question, I'm in a, a transitional stage. Um, I've been a teacher. I've worked in hospice palliative care. I'm a community-based teacher, teaching foundational skills in the in the nonprofit sector. But now I've become a gardener, and I do art, and I do energy-based healing. And I'd like to gain my livelihood. I'd like to make that my main, my main um, path and way to 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 support myself. And so I'm just wondering if you have any any information from the guides about how I may do this in the most uh, steadfast way. Okay, thank you so much and many blessings with your beautiful work. Um, thank Bye you, Suzanne, now. and many blessings to you as well for your beautiful work. You have to start charging, Suzanne. You can't just do it all for free. And I know you're a very, very old soul and you've chosen to work in ways where you give and give and give and give. You have to learn to be receptive, not only so that you can have the financial comfort that you wish to have, but also more energy. Money is energy too. So when you become more receptive, you're going to have more energy for your own body, more energy to help transform others so that they can receive more light and divinity into their body and attract wealth. So you need to start charging. And uh, when you think about the amount, I want you to think about what makes you happy because everything's supposed to bring us joy. We're not supposed to sacrifice. Um, we can find ways to give back. Like one of the ways that I give back is I work with people who have terminal illness um, pro bono. Um, I pick, you know, um, people throughout the year and spend time with them. Um, yeah. So that's one of my ways to give back. Doing the podcast is another way for me to, to give back. So you don't need to spend time thinking about how to give back. You've over given in this lifetime. You need to work on receptivity. You think energy work is great now? Just wait until you're receiving huge amounts of subatomic particles. It's going to transform you. It's going to make everything incredible and amazing beyond anything you could possibly imagine. So those are my, my tips for you. And thank you for all the work you've done in the world too. I truly appreciate it. On to the next voicemail. Hello, Marie. This is Annie Thompson or Anne Lisa Thompson. Um, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, but anyway, I'm from I'm originally from South Africa, and I'm currently living near Salisbury, which is near Stonehenge. Um, and my question to you is, um, it's 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 a question that's plagued me most of my life, and I think something's gone wrong in the Akashic Records. So, 
I have moved about house about 37, 40 times. I've lost count. And I really want to find my home. I'm now 53 years old. And I don't know where to root myself. Um, it, it just, I just find it, it's not the UK that, that I know for sure. Um, I've come back here after COVID and I had to come back for my job. Um, but I was living in France. I was quite happy in France, the southwestern part. Um, and I, I found the French temperament closer to South Africans. I know this is a big life question. I, because I'm so close to it, I can't get to the answer of what to do. I kind of decided a few months ago just to try and focus on making money because I'm broke and in debt. And if I can just focus on making money, then I guess I will have more choices come in front of me. One of them is Greece. Um, one of them is going back to South Africa. And um, I'm just watching the time. And the other one is um, living by locationally in a couple of places and um, having a base somewhere, but I'm not sure where. So anyway, that's quite a big question. Um, I hope you can um, give me or my guides can help me with the answer. I do practice meditation and I do love nature. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I mean, you've lived in, I mean, all over the world. I mean, that's a lot of movement. It, it has nothing to do with location at all. It has to do with it. You're not at home with yourself. So you can't identify where home is. You have to be at home with yourself. I've only felt, and I haven't been all over the world like you have, it is not South Africa. You should not return to there to live. You can certainly go visit, but I think by location is a good idea. You kind of get bored um, with certain things, but definitely not South Africa. Uh, that's not where your vibration feels. Um, I'm one of those people I love where I was born. So I was born in the Northwest in Washington state. And the only other time where I felt I could live someplace else in the world is when I went to Ireland this year. So, but it has very kind of similar, you know, uh, temperament in terms of weather. You have to learn to become home within yourself. Then you're going to be able to feel where home is. Um, I, I think that would be critical for you is, and so I think a what if question for you would be excellent because you analyze and process things too much. You're very smart. You're very intuitive. You, you are highly connected, but you tend to run your energy low because uh, you overthink and analyze and then you don't feel your connection. So you don't feel that North star, that connecting frequency or vibration. And my dog's in my studio with me today, so hopefully he won't bark. I notice he's moving around. <laughs> okay, so, so you have to come home with yourself. So let's, let's start with some what-if questions. What if I feel at home with me? What if my internal home is enough? What if what I'm searching for is deep within inside my cells, my DNA, my RNA, my personal energy? I want you to start with those what if questions. Now, when you ask a curious, positive, what if question, please don't analyze or process the question. I want you to let the vibration of the question begin to recalibrate your subatomic particles because once it does, which means it calibrates it to the vibration of the question, 
it then attracts the solution. So we can't have the solution attracted to us until our energy is in the vibration of where that solution exists. So curious, positive, what if questions allow us to move quickly through life and make shifts and changes if we kind of follow the routine as I described them. Now, you probably have asked a lot of negative, curious questions, which then attract only the solution on that vibration, and those solutions are not fulfilling for humanity. Um, so once you become home within yourself, you're either going to quickly figure out where you want to live, which could be France. It does have a high frequency when you spoke about it. It had a nice energy to it. Um, or you'll discover some other unique configuration. Honestly, too, oddly enough, I would never say this because I have done some traveling and I love Europe. Uh, even parts of the U.S. might work for you. More East Coast, like Maine or Wisconsin or, you know, someplace like that could be a, a hub for you potentially. Um, so I hope that helps. What if questions so that you can be home in the real home that you have? which is your body. This is where your energy is housed. Once you feel safe there and you enjoy it and you allow your energy to expand, you will be able to identify other places that have the same frequency. Okay, thank you. On to the next question. Hi, Marie. I recently found one of your presentations and I'd like to know, does my ex-husband still love me and work to help me while he's on the other side? I divorced him in the early 80s. He's still in my mind. Not a lot, but he is. And sometimes in my dreams. Hmm. So I'm wanting to know what his... Um, feelings about me are at this point. Okay, Barbara, great question. When, when we sleep at night and we dream about our loved ones who have crossed the veil, that is a visitation. That is them visiting us. Now, it means something else too. It means that they could and probably have visited you during the daylight, but your consciousness wouldn't allow the experience to come through like how mediums allow it to happen, regardless if it's dark out or light out. They don't have to be asleep. They can be fully awake. So he came to you multiple times and tried to consciously have a conversation with you while you were awake and you weren't able to receive the information. So he waited till you went to sleep. He says, yes, of course, he has thought of you. Absolutely. And he says he sends everyone light who he knew in his life. Cause he said he really didn't do enough for other people. That's what he tells me. And he, you know, he doesn't have i I'm not saying this was a terrible person or he behaved badly in life. I, I, you know, I would say that about him, but he says he could have done more to show that he cared about others. And that's something he learned once he crossed over that there's actually things we can do for other people that lets them know that we care about them. Because we can have those thoughts in our heads, but most people are not present in their body, so they can't feel that interaction. And so buying them a present or doing something for them gives them that 
validation, like, oh, they really do love me. Oh, they really care about me. Of course, a lot of people could use verbal praise. He said he could have done that. <laughs> could have just said, wow, that was amazing. Thank you. Or wow, you're incredible. Thank you. And he wishes that you um, have lots of people in your life that treat you that way. So great question. Thank you. On to the next one. Hi, Maria. I am interested in knowing more about me and how I can get in touch with me. I've always been told spirit is trying to talk to me and I'm not listening. So I want to learn how to listen better. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Such a great question. And I would agree with what other people have told you. I can literally see a huge megaphone on, interesting enough, the right-hand side of your head. Um, I usually, if I haven't, I actually don't see megaphones typically, but I would think I would see it on the left-hand side because that's more receptive. And I can see all of these beings taking turns, speaking into the megaphone so that you can hear them and you can't hear them. So here's the reason why, in my opinion, and hopefully what I give you will help you to be able to connect. So your vibration is not in alignment with the multisensory world, meaning that all the particles in your body, and maybe not all, but let's just say the energy in your physical form is not vibrating even close enough to the vibration of the multisensory world. It's like being on two different television stations. So you, you can't connect or radio stations and you can't connect. You need to shift your subatomic particles in your body like a gear shift. You need to ramp them up and run them faster, higher, faster movement means higher vibrations so that you can be closer to the multisensory world because they run at a very high vibration. They don't think or act the way humans do. They don't need food or money or housing or even partnerships or children. They can feel everyone's energy. So they're in a very different frequency than humanity is. But humans can train themselves to be in high vibration and have experiences on earth that are fulfilling because that's actually normal. It's normal for our life to improve and get better and for things to enhance. That's normal, in my opinion. And we've all had moments where it wasn't normal, right? We've all had those moments and mostly to grow our consciousness and shift our perceptions. So you will need to get happy, authentically happy. I would love for you to take a weekend and just ask yourself as you're going about your day, am I happy now? Is this making me happy? Like when you, if you put toast in the toaster and it pops out, does that make you happy? If you put butter on it, is that going to make you happy? If you are smelling, you know, cinnamon in your tea, is that making you happy? If you go on a walk, is that making you happy? If you go back to bed, is that going to make you happy? I want you to start to pay attention to happiness, joy, because that's what it feels like when your subatomic particles are in elevated vibration. It feels happy. It feels joyful. And it's not logical. It doesn't make any sense at all. It just is joy. It just is happiness. So a lot of times people don't know if they're happy or not because they're not happy and they haven't been happy for such a long time. They don't know what it feels like. So part of this weekend exercise that I would love for you to do is for you to just be clear about what makes you happy. You may not know, and it's not going to be logical. The mind tells us what will make us happy, but that's not necessarily true. That's truly not true. Happiness comes from the second layer of your auric field and the second chakra. Joy is the emotional vibration of the second chakra. It governs reproductive organs, kidneys, adrenal glands, lower back, the bladder, and the appendix. 
And the second layer of the auric field is the emotional response system, authentic emotions. Most people don't even feel the real, real emotions. They create mind made emotions and then they feel those and then they react from those emotions. So if you could take a weekend to figure out what makes you happy and then repeat those things that make you happy to help raise your vibration and your frequency. So as I mentioned earlier, when I went to Ireland this year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could live here. If, if my kids weren't as nice and wonderful as they are, I would pack up the dog and the cats and move to Ireland, but I happen to love my kids. They're amazing. Um, it, it, but I could feel the joy that I feel when I'm in the Northwest. There's a, a similar frequency and vibration. If I didn't know that I felt the joy in the Northwest, I wouldn't have been able to recognize the same joy that I felt when I was in Ireland. And if you've ever visited the Northwest or you know people who live in the Seattle area, or maybe even Oregon, a lot of people complain about the rain here. And I've always enjoyed the rain, but I've been maybe a little bit more conscious that my body really likes the moisture, my hair, not so much, but the rest of my body really, really likes it. So you're going to do a little nuance to gain some clarity about what makes you happy. And, and then on top of repeating the happy circumstances, I also want you to train your body to be comfortable with the happiness. That means kind of sitting in that vibration for longer periods of time. People only allow themselves short slivers of joy and then they get off of it. And it, it's kind of uncomfortable as you're expanding your particle mass to feel comfortable and joy. You have to like <gasps> take deep breaths and let your body calibrate into high frequencies of joy. It, humanity does not vibrate in joy. The majority of humans vibrate in low vibrational self-loathing. Okay. I hope that helps. Thank you. Going on to the next call. Why? Am I not able to connect with a soulmate? I've been waiting about my whole life. Okay, so that was Judy. I don't know where she was. And if I understood her, her question correctly, she wanted to know why she hadn't connected with a soulmate. Now, I have maybe different beliefs about the term soulmate. I think soulmates are people that you come into contact with and you have a relationship with, let's say. But it's really not super fun. They're really helping you to evolve your soul. And, and so that these can be challenging relationships. Helpful, absolutely. Transformative, you bet. Fun, eh, not so much. What I think that humans should be asking for, or if they could ask for an earth mate, someone to have fun with on earth, someone who's emotionally supportive, who, um, and you are emotionally supportive to them, you don't have the same woundology, which makes it easier to be in a relationship with someone when your, your wounds are not triggering their wounds and vice versa, where soulmates typically have the same wounds. And that's what makes the relationship so enmeshed and challenging and difficult. I, I don't think it's the true great relationship that we're looking for. But here's the answer to your question, Judy, even though I'm using different language, you need to fall in love with yourself. People can only love us to the level that we love ourselves. So fall in love with you. You can start with what if questions. What if I love me? What if I'm falling madly in love with me? What if I love myself as much as I love others? As soon as you start to feel love for yourself, you will attract a lovely earth mate. So that's the reason why, because you have been 
loathing yourself like the majority of the population, waiting perhaps, as many people do, to feel loved by someone else to believe that we're worthy and deserving. When if we do that first ourselves, the people we attract in our lives professionally, personally, neighbors, uh, you know, people we hire will be at a much um, desired caliber of function for our lives that will bring us the fulfillment that we're looking for. Great question. Sharon from Canada. Why can I not hear my late husband speak to me? Such a great question from Canada. Sharon, I believe is your name. Well, <laughs> it's a little complicated. First of all, you do have to have your subatomic particles elevated and you're still in grief about him. So grief, but real grief. And I mean, no disrespect when I am implying that perhaps you're not grieving authentically. Um, and I'll explain that in just in a moment is a low frequency. Real grief is a really high vibration because there's this massive letting go that's occurring, not just about this lifetime, but multiple lifetimes. So real grief is uh, like cream on top of one's favorite dessert. It's just, uh, it's incredible. Um, he comes near to you. He's not very loud in his explanation, which makes me think that he wasn't a great communicator when he was in physical form. Sometimes when people aren't great communicators in physical form, when they cross over, they're not the best communicators when they're, you know, not in physical form. I do see his face close to you and him speaking to you, but it is again, soft and kind of muffled. And this is what he tells me, which I find interesting. I've heard this before, but I find it interesting. He says, you're wiser than me. There's very little I can do for you. <laughs> and when people cross over, they come to help their loved ones. So when he comes to you, he definitely says more enduring, loving comments to you, but he also feels that you need to let go of him so that your life can expand and move in another direction. But you can hear him if, especially since it's a desire for you, you have to elevate your energy. And I believe during this podcast, I've talked about ways to do that. Why don't you spend a couple of weeks working on your frequency and your vibration and then see what happens. Most likely what will occur is when he speaks to you, it'll be very spontaneous. It'll come out of the blue. You'll be gratefully surprised and delighted. And then he says to me, then she's going to just want more and more and more, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but just I think if humans could be content with the information that they do get from our departed loved ones, rather than continuing to seek more, I think that would help all of us exponentially. I hope that's helpful. Let me know. Okay. Thank you, Sharon. Hi, Marie. I'm Marilyn Grimmin. I'm calling from North Carolina and I saw you on the Next Level Soul uh, podcast um, and yes, I resonated with you very much. I wanted to touch base with you, possibly be part of this new podcast and just have you give me a, an update of what you see for me coming, going forward. And, uh, I've been working in a new area and it's been a needle through, <laughs> it feels like threading a needle through a haystack. Um, and I'm not sure if that is the direction I should be going in or if I should do something in the spiritual realm. Um, I believe I have all the clears and I'm also intuitive and an empath. Um, and I just wanted to know what you saw for me. Thank you so much. 
All right. I look forward to maybe taking one of your classes, your mediumship class that you talked about. I'm looking for that on your um, on your website. I don't see it, but I'll continue to look. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. I appreciate everything that you do and absolutely resonate with you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Marilyn. I love North Carolina. One of my babies lives there, so I get to visit it. Um, I am currently teaching a seven-week course on the Shift Network about mediumship. I will go into an advanced course, which will um, even give opportunities for people to participate in the first seven weeks. That Those opportunities will be available on my website coming up probably next month in January. The advanced course begins in February. So that's why you don't see the current shift class because enrollment ended. And I think we're uh, more than halfway through the class. Uh, and then I'll take a little break before I teach the advanced course. But many times on the shift, they'll do bundles. Well, they'll sell the recording of the first class as you move into the advanced course. So um, that may be what will happen with this advanced course as well. Okay. So the current work that you're moving into no, that is not your fulfillment. And I like the word fulfillment because that's what people, when they choose what's in their highest good, it is fulfilling down to the toes. It's just super, super incredible. So it's not fulfilling for you. Yes, please work in the spiritual realm. Please, 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 please. You have all the clairs. It's all working for you. So you need to start putting yourself out there. One of the things that uh, happens to people who work in the multisensory world. And I think this is why you've held yourself back from it because you aren't the best receiver, by the way, in my opinion, which is part of the human consciousness. Like one of the things collectively we're working on, not only to be in joy, why we live in a physical reality, but also to be receptive, why we work in a physical or live in a physical reality. So um, receiving isn't your favorite thing. And when, because spiritual work is popular mediums are popular healers are popular now people like yourself don't necessarily want to be seen or valued or appreciated because you have this lack of receptivity so i think there's a part of you that holds you back because then people are going to say nice things to you and you need to learn to be okay with it and to take it in that could be one of the reasons why you incarnated with all the clairs during this time period in human existence where we actually can have careers um, while working in the multisensory world and it's in your family line it's on your mother's side in your family line psychic ability so when it's in the family line i believe that the soul when they incarnated chose that family line family line, partially because they wanted to work within their psychic ability in the physical realm. My great grandmother was a healer, which nobody told me until I started having multisensory experiences in my thirties, late thirties. Uh, I don't even know her real name. I only know her chosen English name, which was Lucinda. My great grandmother was a Cherokee Indian and she lived on a reservation in, um, Oklahoma. And she and either a cousin or a sister moved off the reservation when they married two Frenchmen who were also related. And my great-grandmother uh, lived on this ranch with her husband and her family. My grandmother was one of her children. And uh, she did healing. Her and her relative did healing. On the weekends, people would come to their ranch and they would make um, 
herb packets or do healing work on them. And uh, she was very intuitive, as was my grandmother, by the way. And no one in my family talked about it or told me anything. I knew some stories about my grandmother that were interesting, but um, she was an alcoholic because uh, she didn't know how to deal with, with her gifts. And, uh, you know, so that made her not the most popular family member. You know? um, I, I didn't spend a lot of time with her, but um, other, you know, her children, maybe she wasn't the most popular family member. So it's in your family line. So you're meant to do this professionally. That would be a great what if question for you. What if I meant to, and I easily accomplish a wonderful profession in the multisensory world? And I'm delighted and I am thrilled that I get to alter people's lives with what I do with my natural gifts and talents. Okay, you have to keep me posted on that. Okay, I'm gonna take one more before I go off this podcast and do other things. Hi, Marie. This is Bella from the Greece Retreat. I am located in New York, and I was calling to ask about my agents because I just started filming a TV show, which is very exciting, but ever since it started, my agents have been giving me a little bit of trouble, and I was wondering if I should be looking for a new one, if I should drop them, or if I should finish my contract out with them, and... Um, just wondering if I'm moving in the right direction with everything. Thank you. Hi, Bella. How exciting. I know exactly who you are because I know your parents because you've all been on the Greece retreats with me. So that's very exciting. Congratulations on your TV show. I do think you need new agents. I don't know because I don't know that part of the world very much, you know, the uh, artistic, you know, acting world. I don't know if you're going to have to, you know, buy them out in order to change because I don't want you to spend extra money. But I want you to start looking for new agents. And I, I want you to just even go in for a consultation to see what they would say a new agent. I, I think interviewing your agents is a good idea. Obviously, your energies change, you become you have become more receptive. And so when we start to become more receptive, there could be agreements that we're already connected to that no longer serve us. People who work for us or people we work for, or in your case, people who represent you, they, they may not be the best fit for you. Um, well, they're not, I'm telling you, they're not. So if you could start to interview new agents, and remember, when, when we find something that's really good for us, our energy rises. We might get what I what I call a God wink, you know, where you feel like the universe is connecting with you, you, you know, either through something very sweet or kind or funny that kind of comes into your, your viewpoint, like maybe a favorite song turns on when you turn on the car after you leave uh, an interview with one of your future agents. Um, something like that will happen to support you. But congratulations. I can't wait to see you on television. And we all wish you great success. We all wish everyone great success. All of us here on the podcast, we wish everyone great success. And until the next podcast, um, everyone, please have a happy and joyful and wonderful, wonderful life. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.